Please stop implementing passive, isolated um, solutions. We know they are not working. We know it's just um, more frustration for us as leaders and for, for our organization to just see it as another um, force-feeding DEI solution. So welcome everyone to an interesting episode of WorkPod. Today we have with us um, uh, some guests that we can have a conversation about future of work. We can have a conversation about di diversity, equity, and inclusion. And today it'll be it'll be my honor to invite Nasim Abdi uh, to the show. Nasim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Vishal. It's a pleasure to be here, um, and I'm excited about our conversation. So before we kick up, uh, why don't you walk us through your journey? I think I I was reading about your background. I said it's best described if done by you. So please walk us through your journey. What has been what has been your journey through life, and what brought you to this wonderful, fascinating world of DEI? Yeah, absolutely, Vishal. So um, again, my name Nasim Abdi, pronounced she her, and uh, I. Um, the CEO and co-founder of Storyvault, which is, uh, we are working in this wonderful world of diversity, equity, inclusion to become the DNA of the organizations. But as you said, I haven't started from there. I was in a totally different world. I was in academia. I was, uh, I was a teacher teaching in uh, a university classroom when I had my aha moment and, uh, I was teaching about humanities topic topics. Um, and then one day I got a topic that was very close to my heart and, um, it was about impact of war on people. And, um, it's something that unfortunately I have personal experience with these days with the Ukraine war. I think we are all seeing those images. So that was my childhood. And, um, it was very important for me as a teacher to make sure that my students, um, my undergrad students are really understanding the impact. And um, I went to my class, I started, um, I thought I'm going to share my personal stories. And my dream was that they're going to get engaged with the story. Uh, we're going to have so many conversations and uh, discussions about theories, that they're going to pause me and say that they don't want to do another final paper or exam, they want to do an action research, take action about things. That was my dream. <laughs> None of that happened. Michelle. <laughs> we went to that session and I started sharing and they were busy with their devices. They were, I didn't even get proper eye contact. They were texting or whatever, probably overwhelmed with my stories or couldn't relate to my stories. It was a very painful day, <laughs> I would say. And long story short, that was a day that pushed me hard to think about if I can't teach about the most important topic of my life, what else can I teach about? Maybe I'm not a good teacher. Mm. So let's find <laughs> out what are the other ways to engage this generation who are really busy with so many different devices and activities and how can I get their attention? And it reminded me of one experience that I had in my life that I never thought going to be helpful in this way. I happened to be the leading actress of a film that was featured on Netflix, got theatrical release in the US and Europe, not because of me, all of that because of a brilliant director. <laughs> but the year that I came to US as an immigrant student, uh, as a graduate student, was the year after the film got released um, on Netflix. So I got a lot of Q&A sessions with that film. 
which the best part of it was the relationships that I built with people and the level mm. of engagement that I experienced in those sessions. Um, I made my best friends through those Q&A. So I decided to use that experience. And I thought if I can find the right documentary films, film and a story for them to watch and then have a conversation with the storyteller, that maybe changed something for them. And I was lucky I found the right filmmaker from Brooklyn, um, New York. Perfect documentary. They watched it. I saw tears. The same group of students who had no questions for me, they had brilliant questions for the filmmaker when she joined the conversation. And that was it. Uh, I quit my teaching position, said goodbye to academia and a 10-year track offer on the table. (laughs) I thought, this is a platform that the world needs to better und- so we better understand each other on topics related to social justice issues and diversity, equity, inclusion are social justice issues that we need to better understand. And um, yeah, that's how we started. And we have more than 4,000 short documentaries from 112 countries around the world. An amazing team who is making it um, easy and accessible and scalable to have these stories available to everyone, companies and corporations now. Interesting. So explain us, so how does that, how does the story bolt work? Explain us the, what, what the company is mm-hmm. when uh, someone engages with you, what they get and, and how do you help them? Absolutely. So we change companies' cultures one story at a time, exactly with the same model, model that I explained to you. We are a human skills development um, platform that uses the power of stories and story telling to build competencies that are needed for inclusive culture. And we, um, we are changing the way that these competencies are being taught right now. Uh, right now, so many of these trainings happen through passive models of um, human skill development. So we are bringing a more active model of engagement that is empathy-driven And that's why it goes into the DNA of the organizations by bringing these stories and these learnings to different parts of the organization, from individual to small teams to the whole organization, Um, business units to um, larger sections and um, having these conversations internally together and getting competencies to be more inclusive, uh, leaders, workforce, and all levels. Interesting. So, if if I'm an organization mm-hmm. and 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 I want to uh, I want to do the DEI right, right? Mm-hmm. So, how does your organization help me? If you can if you can walk me through, like, what will yeah. how, how will I engage with you? What will I get and all that? Absolutely. So, depending on what are the topics that you're focusing on, or what are the stages. So, we are working with employee um, life cycle, like new hires, first time managers. Depending on which stage you need help, or if there are small teams or there are issues of trust that you're trying to, um, to mitigate and bring a more um, trusting community at your organization. Uh, we will, um, you'll get on our platform and we will get the request from you based on the topics that you think you need. Let's say if it's um, bias awareness. So we believe in four, um, like in, in what we call ABC of empathy for our human skill development, which is, um, active listening, uh, bias awareness, and other empathy-driven skills, and open conversations, which is the main um, level for any any kind of um, 
uh, bias awareness and um, allyship. So in that order, it's like exactly the, the skills that we have and we have some other under each of these. So it goes into details. Based on what you, you tell us that you need, we do a discovery of what exactly needs to be focused on. And then you get access to a subscription of sessions, live sessions, that your employees can watch a real story about those issues and get engaged in conversations and have dialogues around those issues with the help of uh, a thought leader in that field. And the storyteller sometimes can also join live, depending on which level you're selecting, to have those conversations with you and to get into some learning, objective um, learning from those conversations that are applicable to everyday work. So that's also, you need to build it in a long term. It's not a one-off thing. Mm -hmm. So these sessions happen depending on the needs of the organization, every month, every other month, every week. And they just open up the conversations and help people to have the right language in an active learning model to really get engaged in the conversation and not just be part of um, another um, mandatory training with a talking head. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to learn... Um, why uh, behind the purpose of Storybolt when it comes to helping businesses understand um, their their DEI? Mm -hmm. Right. So what what made you uh, take that? Okay, because it's it's fascinating. Like by the way, it's a fascinating idea, and and obviously uh, we'll we'll talk we'll talk a, a, a bit later on um, how we both are seeing the organizations uh, addressing their DEI mm -hmm. challenges but but love to know the thought behind the whys of uh, that what brought you to this idea of actually having them focus on a real empathetic story on yeah. on many of these core aspects because mm -hmm. it's a fascinating idea just thank just curious. you thank you that's a great question actually well um, I guess we all observed over the last two years the great resignation and how um, the lack of belonging and all the issues that started, um, they existed. They started came coming out of the conversations on um, social justice issues in 2020 and um, like murder of George Floyd and uh, the pandemic and lack of access of so many people to resources uh, brought up to the surface of the organization. And uh, organizations started like really struggling with keeping their high quality talent. Um, and they started spending so much money actually on building um, the um, conversations or building the real culture of inclusion, inclusivity. And many of them started getting backlashes and um, actually failed in creating that environment for their employees. What we started observing was um, how lack of authentic relationship with employees and really understanding where they are coming from and using passive models of training and um, superficial, to be honest, sometimes models of like checking the box creates those backlashes on both sides of the organization. Those who um, many believe are privileged or those who underprivileged both didn't like this approach and stopped participating in that because to so, so many people, they were 
these approaches were even offensive. Like, how can we talk about equity and um, diversity and inclusion without really creating that that culture? Like, there's a beautiful, famous um, thing that I read uh, on um, Harvard Business Review that diversity is like um, inviting people to a party and inclusion is inviting them to dance. If you don't invite them to dance, they're going to leave. And for for them to be able to dance, they need to decide about the music. They need to be part of the conversation about what type of dance we are going to have, what like how how we are going to design this party, right? If we don't have mm. all those conversations, it's going to it's not going to be real. It's not going to be an authentic real ask for join us in this party. And many many places, many times that what happened. And what we started observing with what we had, um, the platform that we had, was that how much having real understanding through real stories of people and walking mm. in other people's shoes can mm. help for us as human to human to un- better understand each other, like um, have real conversations. So we had clients from financial institutions who came to us and um, they had conversations around like bias awareness. And they told us after the session, they had listening sessions together with like a group of 100 employees with the VP in the room. And they all started talking very authentically and very openly. They cried together. They laughed together about the biases that they had. And they started building such a trust that still this year is the third year that they are coming back to expand those conversations in all different business units and all different other topics that they could talk about. So I guess having that empathy line as the main and base of understanding each other through real stories is such a powerful thing. And there is a science behind it that our brain um, sort of help us uh, better understand each other and take action for each other when we hear stories, which I can go into details. But we started seeing that as a need to bring to the learning and development and to be honest to all layers of the organizations for building so 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 one thing that 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 we we found pretty fascinating when we talked to an organization is how much so we we all know that culture play a significant role in in basically in the behavioral aspect Mm -hmm. of an organization and and basically their ethics and their how they perform and when when we talk about the diversity and, and the inclusion and equity part, it's pretty intertwined with the culture, right? Yeah. And culture, it takes forever to the culture to sort of set in place. That's what the organization is, what where it is today. So I'm curious um, when you indulge with organizations and um, help them uh, basically have a better DEI, like. Explain us some of some of your challenges or some of your opportunities that you have seen with your indulgence when it comes to the, the cultural diaspora. Because I think um, numerous time when we talk to organization um, about, I think there's a passing the bug going on when it comes to DEI. So may, many might have said, okay, they, they don't they don't give me time. Those guys says, hey, they don't uh, they they seek too much time. And and then there's personal. We have personal biases also in place. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what has been your observation in working mm-hmm. with organizations? Uh, in this? So what we found is um, 
it's very interesting to have um, the leadership engage in the conversation. The leadership, the leadership of the organization needs to understand these things. It's very important to have the leadership engage. But also sometimes you need to start bottom up to get to leadership to, to listen mm-hmm. to you. So we started going both ways for um, both building competencies for more inclusive leaders and also creating opportunities for the workforce as a whole to get engaged in these conversations so they can have those talking points when they're talking with leaders. So they can talk about the issues and challenges of equity in the workplace. They can talk about uh, what is needed, what is missing. And when you have those kind of um, conversations, um, that's like, it's so engaging that time is not something that they're looking at anymore. At first, there are some um, sort of res- uh, resistance about like, are they going to be long? Are they going to be, how, how long are these conversations? What, what, what's needed? How, may, how much of my time going to go on that? But then when they experience it once and they start seeing the result as what comes to the conversations afterward, and they see how it's like, what is the return on investment and how they can really see the result of this on innovation, on um, building more allyship and um, not losing high quality talent. That's sort of changed it for them. If I understand, I'm sorry, if I understand your question correctly, um, and you meant that kind of resistance from organizations. That's what we've observed um, many times um, when we started with um, with organization. And by the way, our our model is like under ninety minutes per session, which is nothing compared to many like um, mm. other like workshops or consulting firms solutions that are longer. But because it's a dense ninety minutes, like the the Documentaries are under 30 minutes and the stories are short, but they are the result of many years of work uh, coming into 30 minutes. And they give you a 360 view of the issue, sort of, and the conversation after that digs into more. Um, usually, it just they, they, the complaint after is like, we didn't have enough time, we want more. <laughs> right. Interesting. So, um, if if we if we want if we sort of dig deeper into the mindset of an organization, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, um, statistically, we all know that uh, DEI contribute to the bottom line, right? So, we all know these are like certain these are known facts. We don't have to mm-hmm. recite that. But um, when it again, so when it comes to the culture, when it comes to sort of their their understanding of. Um, how to do it correctly. So uh, let me tell you a, 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 a real story. Yeah. So so basically, we run um, an AI-based platform. So we our, our job is to connect people and empower workers to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we started, we were... Uh, so one of the problems with AI is its tendency to be biased, right? Its right. tendency to find Absolutely. success. And then, and then, obviously, uh, incentivize on the success, and that cre- that points to a bias. So, we we worked with um, some of the HR people, our recruiters, and whatnot, and and we worked on um, uh, basically their ability to select candidate, and we're monitoring their patterns. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're we're monitoring their patterns. They select the candidate, and time and time again, we uh, we were we are asked 
that the company is diverse. We will ask that they, the employees uh, who are picking or interviewing people, they have a training on diversity and inclusion and, and what and what not. But every time we, uh, not every time, is uh, but majority of the time we see that every the organization tend to form a bias. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we tend to see that the certain kind of candidates find it increasingly successful on the platform than the other. And then on a, on a global scale, we just said, okay, so the, the needle is not moving even with AI in it, right? So one of the, one of the solution that we end up doing on our end was uh, to randomly add 20% people from the random bucket. Mm-hmm. So you have no influence. We said, okay, no matter what you say, and it gets it. And we started hearing some of the complaints on, okay, why are this or some people are whatever. So, now with that mindset right so basically it requires a pretty interesting uh, a deeper dialogue a broader conversation as an organ and i think you pointed to a very interesting point that uh, leadership uh, buy in but i think uh, i loved on the on the next line you st- you talked about that it has to be bottom up as well right so that itself means it's it it requires the kind of attention it requires it's it's pretty pretty hefty right Absolutely. so that that is why you when you talk to organization and when we talk to organization we we see the the pushback we see from our end the struggles of okay ha- moving a, a needle in my own team is harder now we're talking about an organization right mm-hmm. so from from your vantage point what are some of the successful um like how if if i'm a if i'm a leader watching this or if i'm a i i'm i'm a curious um uh, uh influencer uh, watching mm-hmm. this what do you suggest i should do to 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 move the needle culturally mm-hmm. in an organization mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. well that's a great question and that's a 1 million dollar question i guess because we're all mm-hmm. struggling with uh, what is happening right now but what we started seeing is this is this is not going to be a short short term thing that we can make it happen uh, in a short amount of time. As you said, even the AI data is biased already, and uh, like it's already there. Like we can't really avoid that. And there are so many stories about like how um, the bot that Microsoft created um, put on um, Twitter, and in a few hours they had to shut it down because it became one of the most racist people. <laughs> with the data that it had, um, which was funny, but at the same time, so um, scary to see that. Scary. Yeah, it was very scary. Um, so knowing that, that tell us that when we, are started, when we start thinking about diversity, equity, inclusion, we should start thinking about every single corner of the organization. Every inclusion is the responsibility of everyone, is not the responsibility of one office called the, or one person called chief diversity officer. Uh, even when they have the most power, which many, many times you find like they don't, unfortunately, still the power relations are not in a way that they get the, what is needed. But even if they get, it's really important to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, both top down and bottom up, which means mm-hmm. like we need to be more aware and have these um, competencies, um, inclusive, um, uh, like empathy-driven competency for inclusive um, environment 
for um, recruiters, for um, HR managers to find more diverse people, but also in reviewing those applications. And then after they join, how to help them be part of this organization. So let me use an example of how organizations can start thinking about this in different layers. One is, well, and obviously we have four specific competences that we are working on, uh, which um, are allyship, bias awareness, open communication, and uh, active listening. And these four impact every single decision at the organization from recruiting to training, for example, first-time hires. Um, how does it impact like in, employees who are joining the, uh, the organization is by setting the stage in a way that what are the values at this organization? If you are having, for example, a training about how to run an effective meeting, very simple thing that mm. is part of the training. Most of the large organizations have that. There are so many points about how to have an agenda, how to use bullet points, don't use a PowerPoint or whatever that are the rules. Where are our values about how to give voice to everyone in the meeting? Mm. How, to be, how to become an ally and find out if someone's voice is not being heard. And why should we do that? It's because of the innovation that comes to the whole work. When we have more people joining the conversation and how can we get there? So th these are all interconnected. We can't separate them from each other. We can't take them as one corner training and put it there and say that we got it. No. Especially now that we know we are already biased in our data, we are already biased in so many things. So it's, it needs to go to every corner of the organizations, and that's what we mean by taking it into the DNA of the organization. Interesting. So um, one, uh, one interesting story um, that, that comes to my mind. So uh, I was talking to a, um, a CHRO of an organization that uh, they, they run um, they have a uh, steel factories around um, around North America, and and he was telling me that one of the fascinating thing about what pandemic did to, the, to mm -hmm. this particular organization was people are more online. Mm -hmm. So so then so they used to have this local excellence award or or telling the story or whatever. So they started a, a something called um, humanity or something or showing your humanity or story mm -hmm. of your humanity. And and in in which they they celebrate the local stories, and one of the thing that that uh, that I was I was stunned by hearing uh, the story was that uh, that concept became so viral that it actually uh, because everyone has a story, right? yeah. everyone's a story, and then and then every corner, every facet, some people or the other are doing a good kind uh, kindness act that um, spread the the empathy in the entire organization. That this organization deliberately took up took part in uh, in in promoting that those stories. So I'm I'm curious when you talk to businesses, and, and I'm sure you must be hearing about about these these. Uh, uh, how do you? What would you advise uh, organization of how they can they can better spread uh, empathy and better better spread uh, within the organization? Yeah, absolutely, exactly what you said, Vishal. Like stories are the best way to bring those um, understanding of each other. Understanding each other's stories help us understand, live in their, like walk in other people's shoes. Many organizations started doing that. Like Deloitte started an initiative called um, Uncensored, Stories of Black Professionals at Deloitte. 
to just listen and read um, stories of people who are experiencing microaggressions, not only in, in, inside the walls of like where they work, if if there are, but also in the in the bigger orga- bigger society. Like, what's their life when they leave their house to come to the office? What they experience on the way? What are the microaggressions they see? What are the um, lost opportunities exist in our societies for high quality people who are just being seen as different because because of the biases that we have? And um, stories do something magical. So when we talk with organizations, we tell them there is a science behind story uh, storytelling. Mm. There is actually a part in our brain, there is a real muscle of empathy in our brain that gets activated by listening to another story. There is oxytocin that gets released in our brain when we watch a story and we get engaged in a good story that helps release that chemistry, that chemical uh, that is needed for being more uh, compassionate and more open. So when we are talking about human skills, like we are talking about like active listening, how can we become active listeners? We need to be more compassionate to become active listeners, right? How can we become aware of our biases? Again, we need to have that empathy to be, to pause and think about our biases, right? So these are all related. And the storytelling aspect, like a good human-centered story, can help us activate that part of our brain. And what one thing I was reading by um, Dr. Paul Zak, which is a famous author on uh, Harvard Business Review about impact of storytelling on our brain is that the beautiful thing about it is it's going to get repeated and repeated because you're going to tell that story to another person, right? And Mm -hmm. when you're telling that story, you get more oxytocin (laughs) and it's the best way of remembering that experience and that learning versus something that you see in a list or bullet list or someone talks about some important aspects of inclusion and then you forget about it. Probably you don't even listen to it. Um, That's how we can just activate that aspect as organizations, as, as leaders in organizations, we need to pay attention to people's stories because it helps them pay attention to what matters most in the culture of the organization and better understanding each other and giving um, space to each other to have a more inclusive culture. Interesting. So um, regarding um the money spent on on creating a diverse organization so i think uh, it's it's no surprise uh, when you talk to organization leaders almost everyone has a budget aside to the ai so i, I think thank god that's not a problem now like yeah. it's we know that uh, but when you, when you talk about the outcome or the output from mm-hmm. that budget that still is not hitting the the needle where it should so what what do you think is the reason why mm-hmm. uh, businesses are still struggling to create uh, a truly diverse, equity, and inclusive workforce? Yeah, I think um, return on investment is important. It's a real thing at organizations, right? We spend this money and we're we are expecting that it moves the needle and we can see the result. And what is the result? In, in terms of having a more inclusive uh, culture, the result goes to being more innovative, like innovation at the organization um, and not losing high quality talent. So better retention rates. All of these are the results. So if you're not seeing these, that means that we are going after passive solutions. 
And passive solutions are not the answer. Passive trainings are not the answer. They just activate biases, unfortunately. And they don't help people empathize with the situation or better understand each other. So what we experienced and with, with our research, we found that with um, watching or listening other people's stories, and that's based on the data of one, uh, 1,500 um, participants in research that we've done pre and post, the level of engagement with such conversations is 60% higher. So the average of market is 30%, and we get to around 90% of engagement on these conversations. What that tells us is there are real conversations are happening. That's why people are more engaged, and that's why it's going to carry on and it's going to create that return on investment because you see actions at, at these um, engagements that happens right away. For example, one example is we've observed uh, reverse mentorship happening in our live sessions. These are the indications. So we need to look at the indications and look at and measure uh, how much we are really moving the needle with these um, conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion. We don't want to just check, check a box. That's obviously a waste of money, right? And it's going to not going to create any value for anyone. So, so I'm I'm curious to learn um, what is um, a successful metric to figure out if you are actually uh, your DEI program is going right. So, if I'm investing few dollars, I think you, you rightly uh, you pointed out that the return on investment is the key. Mm-hmm. So, what what should be what should my metric be when yeah. it comes to yeah. uh, the outcome of my DEI program? Absolutely. So there are there are very different. Um, metrics and really great uh, ways to really look at that and um there the best ones that we found right now are the level of innovation so the business case for what is happening when you have that inclusive culture one of the most important things that um study after study proved is you have a more innovative organization when you have more inclusive organization so this correlation is really important um, and measuring that could be something that definitely can like um, inform your decision about whether or not you're on right direction or not. Um, another thing is retention rates. Like people leave if they don't sense, feel that belonging to that culture or organization. It's very obvious. Like if you're seeing, if you're having people leave, people don't leave because of necessarily lower um, salary or the package that they get, people leave when they don't feel they are they they belong. When you don't have that culture that helps them be open and have that psychological safety to share and give feedback, it's very um, natural result that they don't feel that they can change anything or they can be part of they can't dance in this party. <laughs> so mm-hmm. why should they stay? They're gonna leave. So there are there are really um, objective ways that we can measure how much we are changing. And um, it's um, I I know I hear a lot about like survey fatigue and how it's creating um, pain and challenge for HR um, leaders. And 
I guess if we pay attention to right metrics and measure the right metrics and be open and understand that feedback is gift, um, we can we can get the right metrics and find out how much we are moving in the So so um, I was talking to one of the leader in um, one of the largest automaker in the world, and 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 we were talking about uh, the DEI and 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 basically the impact, and 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 she was telling me a very interesting perspective. So um, the point of view was that uh, so typically. It's diversity and inclusion and then equity. So, so uh, her point of view was that if you're not in, if you if you are not inclusive and you have diversity, then obviously then you have heard and and sort of you get frustrated people all around it. And 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 she was telling me very very interesting uh, thought experiment. She said, "Shall every organization of my size has something called ERG?" So we have, we have Asian Americans, we mm-hmm. have African Americans, we have all these clubs. But in a way that they become the part of the problem in many aspects, right? So one of the one of the area it. where you want you want them to be inclusive, but now they are diverse, and and it checks marks. So as an organization, we invest a lot in these groups. That means now we are keeping them uh, a, a vibrant group. So it, and she said that half part of my brain says, okay, that's where the 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 inclusivity go out of the window because I'm investing in that. So. Um, when you talk to businesses from from your vantage point, what what do you think is is the resolve when it comes to mm-hmm. having a true uh, having a right like what does a, a right organization with truly exceptional DEI looks like? Yeah, that her point is right on. Actually, having diversity without without inclusion is recipe for disaster. It mm-hmm. is recipe for disaster because it's exactly bringing all different approaches without helping them understand each other. And without mm. us understanding them, so we can provide what is needed for different needs. Um, so one of the things that actually our solution, we, we do have a specific solution for um, ERG groups, uh, employee resource groups or business resource groups. And our solution is exactly involving the rest of the organization. Because as an ERG, when, for example, a, um, uh, a gender or women ERG group, those who are inside that organization, that group, already know about the challenges. It's right. nothing new to them, right? What is the point just sitting and talking to each other about that? There are some, like, yes, strategies or things that they identify as point of conversation that they need to go. But we need to invite everyone to those conversations, not just us. So that's why our solution for ERGs is providing them with an, uh, with opportunities for have these sessions as large sessions, like 1,000 employee sessions, for the whole organization to participate and for leaders to participate, to sort of echo their voice and hear their concerns mm-hmm. and get engaged in a conversation, breakout rooms to have conversations around what are these topics that we are talking about. And those ERG groups need to be also inclusive, but that comes from the perspective from leaders that Having isolating groups is not going to help with anything. And beautiful solutions come out of these conversations afterwards. When we have everyone around these topics and when they start really empathizing with each other and understand each other's challenges, we even invite, we had um, Paylocity, one of our clients, they had families and family members of employees also join the sessions. Because some of the sessions are like, it was a session for Pride Month. And they wanted to bring conversations around, around um, 
the Pride, Pride Month, and it was a beautiful story. And they asked, can, can we invite our uh, employees' family to also join? And we asked the filmmaker and we asked, like, we said, absolutely, that would be even more beautiful. Because these are conversations that are not isolated. You can't really resolve them if you don't talk about across the organization. And from those conversations afterwards are the solutions that come out, that are the policies that can change, that are the strategies that can change to make the organization more equitable. So um, I was I was thinking about uh, um, be- because this the whole idea of that you have this high quality content that you give to user, but but then I, I also when I when I think about that the gen- that uh, gentleman's thought of that organizations would have stories, good people doing great act of uh, uh, of of inspiration that the company needs to know. So did you ever get a chance to think how an organization could elevate this storytelling or storytelling mechanism for employees all around. So, so you can talk, so they can have an internal um, sort of this storytelling. Because I, I think if you're anywhere more than 400 people size companies, every day you are getting some of those other inspirational story that you are not listening because you don't have your ears right on, on the right pulse. Absolutely. So after we set the, the stage with our high quality stories like PBS documentaries and like um, award-winning documentaries. We set the stage for these conversations. What comes absolutely right next is there are stories everywhere. Like all of the employees have their own stories. And what we offer to organizations is we have this community of award-winning filmmakers who can help you make these stories. So what we are doing with several of our clients right now is as the continuation of what they sign up for the subscription is now they are hiring those filmmakers to make up docs, like three to five minute short documentaries of the stories of employees that they can share on those same topics. So that filmmaker is already expert on uh, mental health, for example, mental health issues. And they spend like many years on working on this topic. They're the experts on making the story happen. recorded and edited and everything so they hire that person and they they make series of short stories about um employees because it's it's if it's if not more important it's as important to have internal stories being heard like it's great to use the external story as a prompt to start the conversation but then the next level is active listening. Are we, are we listening to our own stories? And are we paying attention that next cubic to me probably suffers from the same thing that we're talking about? How can I be an ally? How can I support them? And that's exactly part of the process. It's, that's why it goes so, to all layers. <laughs> well, that's, that's fascinating. And, and, and I'm, I'm curious that, um, say, if I'm not... I'm not um, in an organization where they're using you mm-hmm. and I am go, I'm, I'm suffering through either my personal challenge or a mental issue or, or some psychological issues or some, uh, something is going like, do you have, do you have an outlet for me? Because I think it looks like um, you have uh, your finger on the pulse when it comes to many of the working challenges, because I think one of the, one of the, one of the struggle that, that we see a lot um, on, on our platform. So we, we are building this platform for, um, 
for blue collar workforce and for for um, we call it lightly skilled and and we we call it um, so workforce and and we find that there are a lot of um, outlets where sort of these conversation mm-hmm. either could be happening or 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 someone on the corner would be seeking to learn so i'm curious that do you have do you have a publicly available outlet for your platform where people can discover mm, some part of the story if not not everything that's a great question um not yet we are building that part we we as part of our subscription we do have resource sheets that come with every session so every session is a facilitated session with the story and then takes you after the conversation takes to takes you to available resources which some of them we are partnering with some of them we are just vetting the information making sure that they are great resources that we can share and many of our facilitators are thought leaders in that field so they bring their own expertise to the table and they can share other resources so for example on mental health um, we do have like uh, resource sheets that uh, or like list of resources that can um, give the organizations or workforce um, access to what they need to get access both on like nonprofit board and um, other resources that exist. Um, we need to, we need to make it more available and accessible to the, the outside board right now. It's part of what we offer to our members and partners. Um, but definitely it's something that we are looking into to make sure that we are providing the support after like I think one of, one of the most fascinating part that I have seen, um, at least on on Town Network today, is mm-hmm. ability of people to help each other. So I think um, uh, I, I'll not be surprised if if you sort of create an open source outlet or open communi- conversation outlet of this, people would jump on board, sort of, um, yeah. because we have we were stunned by this uh, on yeah. on our side as yeah. well when we never realized. So, so we. So when we started, we said, okay, we would have a certain kind of a specialist who would indulge to help yeah. each other. But then we realized specialists were not engaging. So we end up seeing that the people are engaging with each other yes, to help each other out. Absolutely. So it was fascinating. It's unbelievable how can people support each other. Even right now, like with these sessions, as I said, like we see, observe in, in live sessions, people start jumping in and asking, like offering help to each other. Um, one thing, so we are a startup and we are a pretty mm. young startup and we have so many dreams mm. and wishes that we want to <laughs> make happen. Definitely what you said is part of our dream. What we want to build is an ecosystem of learning. So in that ecosystem, definitely community is part of it. Mm. Um, experts that we have, like I always see filmmakers as, as researchers, like those who make high quality films, documentaries. There are researchers like they complete a dissertation with every documentary because they do hundreds of interviews. They do lots of research mm. and they make it a short, concise, brief story that I can digest in 30 minutes. Mm. So when they join this community and they can respond to uh, participants, um, it just brings a different layer of um, knowledge and understanding that is, let's say, if, if I live with um, epilepsy or a mental health situation. Who would be better than someone who experienced that, that I can talk with, mm-hmm. and someone who did interview hundreds of other people like me to help me better navigate my situation in the workplace, right? What type of support I can get. So that community support is 
huge in our model. We'll get there one day. <laughs> that's uh, good luck to do you on that. I think that's the, definitely. I, I think um, I, I, I'm I'm a fan of storytelling. So so definitely, I think the more story are told, the better the humanity gets. So I think from 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 that point of view, I think it's it's pretty pretty fascinating. So let's uh, uh, let's go on a next segment and 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 thank you for for bearing us and and being generous with your time to help us understand uh, the storytelling aspect of DEI. So. Um, before that, so if suppose take the story bolt out. So if you just um, as an organization, if I am um, I'm listening to this conversation, right? How can I fix me my DEI problem? Um, if say you are a, you are a leader of an organization uh, of ten thousand size uh, people size company, and you are asked to um, solve or improve the DEI situation in an organization, like what what do you think is is um are are some of the things quick bites that they can do yeah yeah um i would say the first step would be pause and think about your own understanding of dei how much of uh, an inclusive leader are you and how much you really and don't be intimidated with all these languages that are changing every day in this <laughs> world of dei mm. the the bottom line is to give people space and understand them as they are and help them be their best in whatever skills and um, conditions they have and um, just understand them as they are authentically. How much of that leader are you and how can you improve it? Um, So start from the leader. If you are a leader, start from the leadership. That's the best way to start. When you become that inclusive leader, then you start listening to others and start digesting and absorbing all the information and then it comes with it i i I don't want to say it's going to come automatically it's going to be a messy process it's not going to be easy Uh, it's Mm going to be challenging but the result is beautiful the result is innovation so um, i would say start from what you think is needed for you as a leader and find those resources and then from there you can find other doors that you need to open and where to start from interesting thank you for that so now uh, let's go to the next segment and 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 we call it rapid fire so the idea behind this is to um help understand your mindset help understand how do you comprehend so i'll i'll just usher a word and then you just discuss whatever comes to your mind mm-hmm. and if you want to elaborate, you're more than happy to do. Welcome to do that. So should we should we carry on? Sure, that? sure, sure, sure. Awesome, exciting. So um, diversity, having different perspectives um, around us, uh, different views, many different windows <laughs> to look the world from. Inclusion, letting those views to play to dance together and providing that stage that needs to um, that gives the opportunity to dance around with all those different perspectives equity providing what is needed for all people with different needs to get access to resources future of work exciting a little scary <laughs> but more inclusive culture 
the ecosystem that we breathe in, everything that we're interacting with, from the sign on the bathroom to the rules of our meetings. Leadership. I would say coaching. <laughs> hmm. Disruption. Always looking for innovative ways. If something doesn't work, there is got to be a way out there that works. Jobs of future. More technology driven. And for that, we are not ready for it yet. Future of diversity. Better than yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. So, um, uh, future of organizations. Very diverse, very different from what it is right now. Very hybrid. And, yeah, the boundary between work and life completely gone. And and DEI leader? Everyone. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious. Um would AI be in, in in your perspective, would a technology be ever part of a DEI portfolio? What do you mean? So um getting a seat on the table. So technology is also so to, to be respectful full technology or AI, to be to be sort of inclusive to an AI, it got it gotta be. If if it doesn't, it's, that's why the scary came to my mind. <laughs> yeah. Exciting, but scary. If you don't pay attention, it's a revolution. It's gonna change everything. If you don't pay attention to inclusivity in uh, with technology, if you don't respect uh, AI and what it can bring to us to our life. It's going to be scary how exclusive we are going to be. Um, definitely, I think that's that that should be part of the conversation. It it yesterday, not today. You're already late on that. Well, I think, and and this is fascinating. So when when we when we talk to leaders uh, about about AI and technology, so I think there is there is a either a a fluffy perspective of AI. Like a cuddly toy or a, a, a dystopian A two thousand uh, end of the galaxy mm. perspective, but I think it's it's even it's I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting to see where this will fit. But mm-hmm. as you rightly said, um, not hearing is a, about it is a problem, and uh, hearing too much about it is a problem. So you have to yeah. give it a good balance. So yeah, and give it an authentic balance. Like it should be, it shouldn't be superficial when, when we are talking about it. Hmm. I would say. Awesome. So um, now we go to the next segment. It's it's basically it's a bit personal about you. So so we ask all of our guests um, uh, to talk about the qualities that has helped them be what they are today, uh, hmm. and and what are some of the qualities that has really shaped you to be what you are today. Um, life experiences, losing someone 
really a loved one to the war, um, started the whole thing. And then I came to this journey and I started the real learning uh, with my co-founder, Babak Shahmansuri, who is an, uh, is a, I, I went to him because of his business background and experience on business because I didn't have, obviously, coming from academia. And he has amazing insights and perspective on business models and what can bring. And he is also expert on like edutainment because in his past mm. um, journeys and ventures, he, he was working on like uh, using storytelling for mental health. Um, so that brought us together. And then from there, his passion for impact, for real impact and working on this um, uh, venture to create real impact. I started learning and I, I'm enjoying learning from every single team member of our organization and how they are contributing. It's for us, it's everyday learning on DEI. Like it's every day we're, we're finding something new, how, how to uh, be more inclusive, even in our own organization, being how being more equitable in our own organization. And then mm. like be part of this, Think that we are preaching others to be uh, for ourselves was such an amazing learning. And um, we ask all the guests to talk about some of their favorite reads, some of the books that has really inspired them, or currently they are on the on their on their list of reading. Mm -hmm. So, do you have some books for our listeners and viewers? Absolutely. So, uh, as uh, as a business leader, obviously there are so many business books that I'm reading right now, <laughs> listening to as I'm doing my everyday run jog um with audiobooks but there are some that i'm doing for my own learning again learning from other people's stories one that i really love and i'm enjoying very much because it gives me the perspective of a community and um culture that i didn't understand before is um a book called hillibilly elegy if i pronounce mm. the name correctly mm. by mm. jd veins jd veins yeah yeah it's really, I lived in Eastern Kentucky and Appalachian um, as part of my journey with education, higher education, um, but really understanding deep dynamics that happen in that part of the world and what, what, what are the real stories was fascinating to me. And I really recommend everyone who wants to um, bring a real authentic diversity, equity, inclusion to their organization, because sometimes it becomes a conversation of the liberal world and woke and that's the to me that's the wrong way to go when we look at it this way that's not an equitable way that's not an inclusive way to look at it so that's why i'm always trying to understand stories that i do, i didn't have access to to understand and make myself mm. more educated about them um and that was one of the books that i'm really enjoying listening to right now awesome so last but not the least, so if you want um, something that our listeners and viewers to take away from this conversation, what would that be? What would be your parting thought? Hmm. Uh, I would ask everyone, please stop implementing passive, isolated um, solutions. We know they are not working. We know it's just um, more frustration for us as leaders and for for our organization to just see it as another um, force-feeding DEI solution. Uh, I'll ask them to keep the line of communication open 
feedback is gift, as um, one of our amazing speakers told us uh, in one of our sessions. That's what I'm learning every time. And let's just keep that active, open communication lines open. And start with thinking about empathy when you're thinking about what your organization needs. Like how can empathy-driven competencies can help the whole organization? And you can use all different, there are so many resources out there, so many tools out there. We are just one tiny one that is a youngest startup out there, but there are so many amazing ways to think about those competencies. Think about the stories of your, your people at the organization and listen to them and you'll get the, the answer for how to build a more inclusive organization. And if someone wants to learn about you, where they can find you? Yeah, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn slash Nassim Abdi is where they can find me. And um, I guess that's the best way to find me. I'm very active there. <laughs> Awesome. So with that, Nasim, thank you so much uh, for for being so generous with your time. And and yes. and I think uh, I couldn't say it enough how much the world needs stories now nowadays. With everything just getting broken, the one thing that is sticking together is the story, and and that sort of makes us realize that we all should belong. Is 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 basically listening to right stories. And thank you so much for for playing your role in bringing some of the stories to us. I hope. And I wish you nothing but success in your journey. And you're always welcome back on the podcast Thank talking you. about your journey. How do you end up? Uh, how do you grow? And I really, really am excited at some point in the future to see you in public domain, helping many of the conversation that because I, I can I, I, I on behalf of a lot of community that we represent, I think uh, we need the world needs more stories. The world needs more glue to bring it together. And thank you for playing your role. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Vishal. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was um, something that made me think and um, the brilliant questions that you asked was, were something that gave me new perspective. Uh, so I thank, thank you very much for that. Thank you.